card. Uh, tonight's virtue is kindness, so if you want to grab that. Uh, the bottom line tonight is be kind to people who aren't kind to you. Our daughter has a uh, kind of a bully situation right now, and so I want to like be a bully to this little girl who's being a bully to my girl. But um, anyway, so this stuff's practical, though, isn't it? It hits home. So take this home and, um, and use that at home. It's got some things for you to do on the back, as always, okay? Uh, lastly, I want to, uh, just by way of announcement, want to take you to this little slip. So if you want to pull this out. Um, many of you are in a community group, and uh, if you are, that's great. Um, if you're not in a community group, we want to give you just an opportunity to be able to express in- interest in a community group um, if you're not in one currently. This is only a six-week uh, group, and uh, what we'll do is this. Anybody that's interested, we'll just group people together by the different locations um, where you're at in the city, and, um, and then you'll just be able to give it a shot for six weeks. So it's a great way to, uh, to experience community and really just to continue um, with some of the things that you get out of a, an environment like, like a D6 environment. So I would encourage you to, to fill that out, and then you can put that in. Uh, there's a, a brown box right by Cody in the back there. There he's got it right by the coffee. So you can just set this card in that on your way out or just leave it on your table. That's fine. We'll get it too. Okay. Um, uh, lastly, I just want to say thank you to our volunteers. We've got some awesome volunteers that you guys see in this room every week. Uh, we've got Jim in the back and Cody, his wife, Christy. Uh, we've got Ken over there and Zach. They do a great job. And then we've got uh, Don and Carol that are in the other room. So would you guys just help me and let's just thank them for everything they've done for us. Yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, let's, um, let's pray, and, uh, and then we'll dive into tonight's topic, okay? Heavenly Father, thank you for who you are, and thank you that you have um, allowed us to come together tonight. Lord, we love you, and uh, we're thankful for just the, just the grace of God that we see all around us. Um, it's evident, and we celebrate it. Um, I love hearing the stories about what you're doing um, in different people's lives in, in our church, and it's just a, it's a real blessing. And so, Lord, thank you for that. Thank you that you are um, not a distant God, but you are alive and well, and so we praise you for that. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would direct us now tonight. I pray that tonight uh, this, uh, the things that we talk about would have impact uh, well beyond tonight, and that it would just be helpful as we lead our, our families. So, yeah, we pray this in your name. Amen. Well, um, tonight's topic was supposed to be... Um, the five love languages of your children, and I was excited about that topic. Uh, Aaron ordered me the book, and I was working through it, and, and was ready to go, and, and, um, and then I, uh, it, about a week ago, uh, a week, yeah, a week ago, um, uh, Wednesday, uh, it just seemed like the Lord was pushing me in a different direction, and I, I tried to kind of ignore that because I didn't have a talk for that new direction ready, you know, and, uh, but it didn't seem like that was the thing to do, so uh, anyway, that just kind of continued on for the last seven days, and so anyway, I came up with this a different uh, direction that we're going to go tonight, and I, I, hope it's, um, I hope it's really helpful uh, for you. I want to start by showing you this quote. This is from A.W. A. Tozer. He's a guy that died in the 60s. He was a pastor. He was a theologian type, um, just a sharp man of God, but he made this statement, and this is kind of um, really the launch of kind of where we're going tonight. He said this. He said, Uh, What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Um, So think about that for a minute. What comes into our minds when you, boom, when you think about who God is, A.W. Tozer saying, that's the most important thing about you. Um, He'd say, that'd be the most important thing about your kids. When when they think about God, what are the thoughts that come into their mind? Those would be the things that would be um, uh, of most importance um, to them. And um, so tonight what we're going to do is we're going to talk about that. What is that picture that our kids get when they think of God? Um, 
it would be the most important thing to them. Uh, I borrowed this from uh, my son, Aiden. This is a, a fake Leatherman. Um, you guys know what these are. Uh, I've got uh, two of my closest friends own a construction company, and, and we always tease them because they always have their Leatherman on them, uh, like, like in church, like, like tonight. Uh, Nate, do you have it on right now? Yeah, he's got it. I love it. Yeah, I love it. But you never know when you'll need a Leatherman, right? Now, here's the thing. I love those guys. Um, a Leatherman is awesome, and I think Nate would support this. Um, it's probably the most important tool you could have, right, Nate? Yeah, okay. Um, so, like, if, if you're camping, a Leatherman is awesome. You're going to need it sooner or later. Um, no matter what you're doing, this will come in handy. You could cut down a tree. With, Nate could cut down a tree with it. I couldn't, but... Um, but you could do all sorts. I mean, it's got this, that, and the other thing on it, especially the real ones. Um, but it's an incredible tool, right? Uh, A.W. Tozer is saying this. He's saying the most important tool, like the greatest thing that you've got uh, in your walk with God is the picture that you have of God when you, when you think of him. Um, it's the most important thing. So tonight what I want us to do is we're going to just try... Uh, to fill up in our minds what we, would, what we would say are the things that really paint the picture for us of, of who God is. Um, so tonight, I want you to think about your relationship, um, not your relationship, but your picture of who God is like, like a blank canvas. But not only yours, I want you to think specifically about your kids tonight. Um, when your kids think about God, let's pretend they've got a blank slate, okay? It's a, it's a totally white canvas, Um, But God says, hey, I'm going to give you the brush, and you get this incredible opportunity that you're going to get to paint on this a picture of who God is. And that picture of who God is is going to inform that child's decisions. Um, uh, Think about when your child, uh, you know, goes through a trial uh, that's bound to to, to come their way sooner or later. Their picture of God will impact how they they get through that situation. Uh, Let's say the child grows up and, and, um, you know, they... They're picking a spouse. Their picture of God will determine who they pick, right? Um, it will dictate that. They go through a hard time. They go through a trial. Maybe they lose a child. They go through a divorce. Whatever it would be, their, their image, their picture of God is the most important thing that could possibly be in their mind. And so tonight what we're going to talk about is what are the things, like who, who according to Scripture, because here's what we know about the Bible. The Bible has a lot to do about us. I mean, there's... There's, it's a great kind of tool book for us, right? You hear people say that. But bigger than that, much more important than that, the Bible's about God. It's about God himself. And so tonight what we're going to do is we're just going to do this little Bible study together, and we're going to ask the question, okay, if I had the paintbrush, who would I say God is? What kind of picture would I paint? Um, we've taken some family vacations out to Colorado, and if, if you know the trip from here to Colorado, um, it's kind of boring, um, really, isn't it? I mean, it's pretty straight. It's pretty flat. Um, one of our favorite memories is uh, we thought one year we would, we had Aiden, and he was probably, he was probably four at the time, so Ashlyn was really young, and, and we thought, well, we'll leave so early in the morning that he'll sleep through the boring part of this trip, Right? And so we get in the car at like 3 a.m., and we're thinking, man, we're, we're doing it, right? We'll be in Grand Island before the sun comes up. I mean, it's just going great. We get to Lincoln, and he goes, hey, everybody, look at the moon, you know? And we're like, oh, man, that blew up, you know? So much for that. But here's the thing. Every time we go out to Colorado, it's boring. It's a very boring trip until you get about two or three hours away and you can see the mountains, right? 
And once you can see the mountains, that, that trip changes. You know, there's a little excitement in the car. Hey, look, I can see the mountains. And then the closer you get, the longer you look at the mountains, the more you want to be in the mountains, the more you want to experience the mountains, right? Um, it's a picture. The picture changes it for me, uh, for you. So um, tonight we're going to ask the question, what's the picture of God that we could paint for our kids? Um, you might feel like maybe you sort of have a stick figure, um, kind of a picture of God. You know, you got a cute little sun over here and some three rays and, and then just a little stick figure. But what would it be like if it was a brilliant picture? Um, what would it be like if the picture of God was so good that your kids, when they thought about God, the picture of God that they had in their mind was so good, it was so amazing that it pushed them through life. It allowed them to make different choices, not because of right or wrong, but because of who God was. Just because of that alone, it, that picture, it drives them. Um, a picture does a ton. Uh, last Wednesday night, I, I wasn't with all of you. I was um, getting this illness that is uh, still uh, reprimanding my body severely. Um, has anybody gotten this sickness thing? Man, it is a, it is a killer. As, as Kirsten said, I feel like death. I mean, like, it is bad. So last Wednesday night, I was at urgent care while all of you were here, and, and, um, and there was uh, the, the, you know, the receptionist area where you're kind of filling out the paperwork or whatever, or you're getting the paperwork, and then she said, you can have a seat over there. And, and so I, I, I walked over to where you're supposed to sit down, and it seemed like it was like 14 miles away from there. <laughs> And it was literally eight feet, I kid you not. And I, so I sat down in this chair, and I'm like, oh, death is upon me, you know. And, and all of a sudden, though, I'm sitting there, and I look up at this picture, and it's a perfect picture for a doctor's office waiting room. It was this, especially for an Iowa kid, it was this, like this old barn with this oh, sweet green grass around it, beautiful sunset, cool windmill, you know, haystacks in the back. And it was just beautiful. And I looked at it, and I thought, oh, what a beautiful picture, Right? Um, it did something to me right in that moment, and then I, I could have owned that picture 10 times with how much money I spent on medicine, but, um, but the, the picture was powerful, right? The picture was great. So again, tonight we're just going to very simply, we're going to say, what is a picture of God that would be so compelling that our kids would go, I want that, and I want to follow him? Um, so that's, that's where we're headed tonight, Okay. So you've got these slips, and, and tonight's going to be pretty, like, kind of homework, classy-ish. So if you didn't come to work, um, sorry. Um, so grab a pen, grab this slip of paper, and let me kind of tell you what we're going to do, okay? You'll notice that it says at the top of it, it says, God is, and then it says the reference over there on the other side. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you just several things, and I've got enough to fill up the front and then probably to fill up the back. So when you run out of room on the front, it's okay. Just flip to the back, and we'll just keep filling this thing up. Here's my hope for, for you and I tonight, um, that you would be able to leave here tonight, and you would be able to go, okay, if I'm going to paint this canvas of who God is, if that's the, one of the most important things that I could possibly do, if that's one of the, the best weapons I could put in the arsenal for my child, um, what would I do? What would I paint? What kind of brush strokes, what kind of colors would I put on this? 
So we're going to fill this thing up, and this is going to help us create this canvas. It's going to help us paint this picture for our kids. So we're going to go through several different verses, and I'm just going to kind of walk through them. I won't spend a lot of time on any of them, but what you'll be able to do is to write down one simple statement. God is, it'll be probably one word or two words, and then my hope is this. You'll be able to go back in all these weeks that D6 doesn't meet, and you'll be able to have a better D6 than you could possibly have with us as a big group in your own home as you say, you know what, kids, tonight we're going to look at, okay, this reference, boom, you're going to take a kid to John, whatever, and then you're going to say, hey, I just want to tell you just real quick, guys, about that God is this, and just think if you did that, you know, you know, and you went through several of these, okay, so that's my hope for you, that this will be helpful, we put a little hole on it, so you can put this thing right on your fridge uh, with your other take-homes, okay, so let's get started, here we go, turn to the Psalms, if you've got a Bible, and you might look on your phone tonight, we're going to go to a lot of different places, we've got some extra Bibles in the back, too, we put a couple on your, your, um, on your tables. Uh, so we're going to be all over the place. Don't feel like you have to keep up, but if you want to flip to them, we're going to go to several passages. Um, so feel free to do so. so. So the first one is going to be in Psalm 71. <clears throat> Psalm 71. So who, got, who is God? First one is this. God is, fill in the blank, my refuge. God is my refuge. Um, it says this in Psalm 71 verse 1. It says, in you, O Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Um, Think about that. God is a a refuge. That's a very simple stroke, right? I mean, small paintbrush, God is a refuge. I mean, just think, though, if you were able to teach that to your kid, God is is your refuge. Um, you, You know in this world that you can run to all sorts of things as a refuge. You can run to chocolate. You can run to entertainment. You can run to X, Y, and Z. But think about this. God God is a refuge, very simple but powerful truth. Um, Here's my other hope tonight, just as a side note, that this will fuel in you a sense of worship, okay? That you'll, as you go through this list, you'll be able to say, I haven't thought about God like that in a long time. Uh, my, my picture of God, it's kind of gotten, and I think this just happens to us because we get busy sometimes, and it's just the natural tendency. My, my view of God, it's sort of stick figure-ish. But what if it was brilliant, right? What if you went to God's word and, and it just got re-catalyzed? Or maybe for the first time you thought, oh, that's who God is. Oh, that, that, that rocks my world, okay? Uh, next one, Psalm uh, 71, verse 5, it says this, for you have been my hope. Um, So there it is, my hope. Who is God? God is my hope. It says, oh, sovereign Lord. And then the next one there, uh, you could write this. Um, God is, number three, my confidence. Um, It says, my confidence since my youth. Um, What does that that mean, God is my confidence? Um, You could ask your kids about that. Um, Maybe your kids say this to you sometimes. I know mine do. Uh, They used to get the word embarrassed and, and, and nervous, confused. And so they would say, I feel very embarrassed right now. Um, and we'd say, really? It doesn't seem like a time to be embarrassed, you know? And, and, uh, but we realized what they were, were saying was that they were nervous, right? Um, think about that. What if, you, what if your kid, though, had in their mind that their confidence could come from God, um, from God alone? Um, a friend of mine, Mark Arendt, uh, uh, he's a, a pastor friend now and as well, and he, uh, he said this about his very godly parents. He said, The greatest gift my parents uh, ever gave me was an authentic faith in God. Um, They gave him this confidence, an authentic faith, the fact that he could look at their life and go, they're the real deal. They're really walking with God. I say that because if God is your confidence, 
uh, your kids will see that, and they'll say, oh, there's an, there's an authenticity about their walk with God. Uh, okay, next one. Flip back just a little bit. Psalm 62, uh, verse 1. It says, my soul finds rest in God alone. Here it is. My salvation comes from him. Uh, I would encourage you on this one. You could just do a little study on this, and you could say, hey, guys, what do you think that the psalmist or the person, David, it says right at the top of 62 there, what do you think that David meant when he said God is his salvation? And just let that be the opener, right? Um, you're going to get all sorts of answers, and it's going to give you an opportunity to say, this is what it means uh, for God to be your salvation, okay? So what is God? God is my salvation. Um, think about that. That's, that's amazing. It's incredible. Um, okay, next one. Uh, flip to the New Testament, the book of, of, of Luke. We're going to look at chapter 15. Actually, let me back up. You don't have to flip back, but Psalm 62, verse 2 says this also. Um, let me get back there. This is cool. And I'm, I feel like I'm kind of geeking out on the scriptures on you tonight, but I'm just excited about it. It's fun. Um, here it is, Psalm 66, verse 2. It says, he alone, get this, he alone is my rock and my salvation. Um, you might talk to your kids about this. Guys, when you build your life on Christ, it's as solid as it gets. Um, it's, not, it's not teetery. It's the best. It's the most solid thing you could possibly build your life on. Who is God? Here's the picture. Here's the canvas again that you're painting. God is my rock. Um, he's not flimsy. You build your life on this, you'll, it'll teeter and fall. And you can point to people. You can say, you know what? We used to build our life on this, and it crashed. Our neighbors over there, you know they're going through that. And it's not in a mean way, but it's just like they built their lives on this, and we love them, and we care for them, but they built their life on that. And so we're, we're trying to teach you to build your life on the rock. Um, it'll never fail you. He will never fail you. Okay, Luke chapter 15. This is powerful. This is going to come in handy. Think about as your kids go through a trial, as your kids screw up, and they're going to screw up, as they, um, as they stray. Some of your kids are old enough, you've seen your kids stray from God. What do you want them to have in their mind as a picture of who God is? What do you want them to have on the canvas? Here it is, verse 11. I'll just read just a, a chunk of this. Uh, says that there was a man who had two sons. The older one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the, of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Verse 13, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had. He set off for a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth and wild living. After he'd spent everything, it goes on to talk about that. Verse 17, it says, when he finally, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set back. I'll go back to my father and I'll say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. And so he got up and he went to his father. And then here's the picture. And you want your kid to have this in their heart and in their mind. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, this sinful young child, sinful young man. He saw him, and he was filled with hatred for, no, he was filled with compassion for him. And it says that he ran to his son. He threw his arms around him, and he kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick. 
Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on its finger and sandals on its feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Now think about this. Here it is. Here's your blank. God is a giver of second chances. Um, You could spend a month on that. God is a giver of second chances. You could use it in times when you screw up and just say, wow, you know what? I'm really thankful that God gives me a second chance. Uh, you could use it when your kids screw up, just so that they, they get in the habit of going, you know what, you really, you know, and you might just kind of be getting into it with them. I can't, you, you know, disappointed me, blah, 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 blah. But end it with this. I'm so thankful that God is a God of second chances. That, you know what, even though, Easton, I love you, buddy, even though you messed up tonight, God, he's a God of second chances. He loves you, okay? And he loves me when I mess up. Um, I'm telling you, that's like, that's the big brush, right? That's a big one. Get that one in there and and get it all over with fluorescent. It'll be awesome. Okay, next one. Let's keep going. Um, All all the way back to the left. Genesis chapter 1. This one is easy. You can use it all the time. Uh, God is, here it is, he's my creator. In the beginning, it says God created the heavens and the earth. Um, you can use this one on the way home tonight if the sun is still setting. I don't know what time that'll be, but um, man, you can just you can do this one all the time, and and think about the power that this will have. God is my creator. What's it going to be like when your kids are off to college and they're sitting in a big auditorium and, and there's this professor up front and he's lecturing to them about how there is no God and X, Y, and Z? What will it be like if if your child has this beautiful picture of God and not a dumb and uneducated picture of God, but a very intelligent picture of God um, based on science, uh, based on uh, you know truth and, and substantiated truth? What will it be like if your kid has this reminder, no, God is my creator? Um, I got a feeling your kid won't be shaken in that moment. Or if they do, that they'll return to the foundation, the beautiful picture that you've painted for them. God is their creator. Okay, uh, Numbers chapter uh, 14. Numbers 14. And I'm just, again, we're just going to cruise through this. I hope that you leave here tonight and you've got a full sheet and a beautiful picture where you can go, number one, as the leader of the family, I'm excited about God. I love the picture of my God. But then two, okay, now, over time, God, thank you so much. You gave me the paintbrush. You gave me beautiful colors in this book. I'm going to paint this awesome picture. Okay, Numbers 14, verse 18. It says this. This is Moses, um, and, and uh, he's uh, speaking to the Lord, and he says this. He says, the Lord is. He's projecting to the Lord who the Lord is. He's saying, Lord, you are. He says, the Lord is slow to anger and abounding in love, forgiving sin and rebellion. He's talking about the Israelites and all that they've done. But here's the statement I want you to cling to for this one. The Lord is, who is it? God is slow to anger. He's slow to anger. Um, You might use this one. At least I can use this one like this. Um, I can say to my kids, God is not like me. You guys know how sometimes I just get mad, like, you did that, and did you notice, like, my, my fuse was, like, itty-bitty, right? Um, God is slow to anger. He's not like that. Um, God is slow to anger. I, and, then, and then follow it like this. If, it, if you're like me, I want to be more like God. God, would you help me? Let your kids know that you're in this struggle, and God, would you help me? I want to be more like you. But here's the, here's the brush stroke. Here it is. God is slow to anger. Okay, next one. Uh, Psalm, let's go back to the Psalms here. Just uh, Actually, we're going to go to the Psalms for about six of them here. Psalm 55. 
Psalm 55, verse 17. The psalmist writes this, David, he says, evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress, and this is crucial, and he hears my voice. He hears my voice. Here it is. God is a listener. Um, God is a listener. There's so much power in that. I mean, for your child to be able to have a conversational relationship with God, there's nothing greater uh, that they could possibly have, I don't think, um, for them to dialogue with God, to know that when I talk, God is not deaf to me. Um, God, God hears me. Um, Psalm 50, flipping back just a little bit, Psalm 50 verse 1 uh, says this. It says that the, the mighty one, um, God, the Lord, speaks and he summons the earth and from the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, here's your blank, the mighty one. I think our kids need to know God is not a wimp. Um, God is not a sissy. Um, he's the mighty one. Um, I'm going to get to another one in Exodus that just has been just blowing my mind a little bit, this picture of God that we get. Um, uh, go with me to Psalm 46, verse 1. 46, verse 1. Here it is. Uh, God is our refuge and strength. And then here it is, an ever-present help in trouble. The blank there, my help. God is my help, but he's this, he's ever-present, meaning that he's always our kids' help. He's always your help. It's not as though God works Monday, Wednesday, Friday. He is always, he is ever, ever, ever present. Love it. Okay, Psalm 19, flip back a little bit. Psalm 19, verse 7. says, the law of the Lord is perfect. It's reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord, here they are. They're trustworthy. Here it is. God is trustworthy. God is trustworthy. You could say it this way to your kids. Um, God will never let you down. You can trust God. Um, your friend kind of like did a, threw you under the bus there the other day. Um, I get that. I'm, I'm sorry about that. I hear that. Um, I just want you to know, though, you, you worship a God that will never let you down, and he knows what happens. Um, but you need to know this about him. Again, you're, what are you doing? You're grabbing a brushstroke, and you're saying, okay, I'm going to paint this brilliant picture of God. What's one thing that's true of God right there? Um, God is, uh, he's trustworthy. He will never let you down. Psalm 18, verse 30. Uh, flip there. Psalm 18, verse 30. says, as for God, his way is perfect. Here it is. God is perfect. God is perfect. It kind of speaks for itself. It's amazing. Psalm 103, verse 5. It's the next reference. 103, verse 5. Here it is. Uh, your blank on this one is that God is a satisfier. Um, it says, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your truth is renewed like, like the eagles. Um, and here's the thing that I want you to take away there. Um, so satisfier is the word, Psalm 103, verse 5. But think about this. I mean, there's a lot of things that your kid's going to say, what satisfies you? Um, uh, there's, there are going to be a lot of options your kids are going to be able to be satisfied with. But if they could say this. You know what, if you, could, if you could instill in them this brilliant picture that God is the greatest thing that could possibly satisfy them, it'd be incredible. Um, last one here in the Psalms, Psalm 139, 
um, jot this reference down, 139, verse 7 through 10. can get there. Okay, this is cool. The psalmist writes this. This is David. He says, where can I go from your spirit? And your blank is this, that God is everywhere. Um, this can be good for your children on a couple fronts. Let me just read it. It says, uh, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? So the psalmist is saying, like, where can I run from God? Um, if I go up to the heavens, you're, uh, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, well, surely the darkness will hide me and the light will become night around me, even darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Here's the thing you could instill in your kids right here. Paint the picture, the brilliant picture. God is everywhere. Um, this will be great. I mean, when they're in high school and it's Friday night, they're going into this house and it's at this party and blah, blah, blah. This is a good reminder. God is everywhere. God is not absent. God knows where I am. When I'm lonely and I'm afraid, I feel alone. Hey, just a reminder, I want you to have this brilliant picture of God. Not a fearful one of him, but here's, one, here's an idea. He's everywhere. He's, he is still with you. Okay, Exodus chapter 15, verse 3. I think sometimes God gets a bad rap as far as he gets a kind of a, um, we, we tame God maybe a, too much. And I love this. This is right after Moses. And you could do a whole like little night on this. You could just tell this story and, and it'd be a, you could do this in a week or something. Uh, Exodus chapter 15, verse 3. Moses has led the Israelites. They've come, they've come through the Red Sea. They've seen their enemy be swallowed in the sea. God's part of the sea. They walk through on dry ground. I mean, it's a time, like, you want to get in the mind of someone who had a brilliant picture of God. In this moment, Moses was the man. Um, uh, and what did he say? I love this, verse 3. Here's your blank. The Lord is a warrior. He said, the Lord is a warrior. And then he said, I love this, the Lord is his name. <laughs> You're just like, yeah, you know? Um, I mean, what's not to like about, like, a movie like Braveheart, you know? I mean, it's just... It's got romance and all sorts of death. It's great, you know? But, but think of the Lord. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is not a sissy. The Lord is, oh, I said death because Christina won't watch any movie with me that, where someone, like, died, like sad movies. She's just not into them. So, anyway. <clears throat> That's my character flaw, not hers. All right. So, the Lord is a warrior. Paint that picture. It's, it's strong for your children. Um, Okay, go to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter, Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah 40, uh, verse, 20, uh, verse, verse 28. It says, do, uh, do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is an everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow weary, uh, he will not grow tired or, or weary. Uh, and his understanding no one can fathom. So here, here it is. God is strong. He does not grow weary. Uh, you might get tired, but the Lord will never get tired. One more that I skipped over. It's Exodus chapter 33, verse 11. And it's basically this. It's this idea that God is close. 
It says in that passage that, that God spoke to Moses like a friend. He spoke to him face to face. We get this picture of God that God is not distant. Exodus chapter 33, verse 11. God is close. God is intimate. Okay, back to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter uh, 30, verse 21. 30, verse 21. Here's your blank. God is a leader. Um, says, uh, whether you turn uh, to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. What Isaiah is doing here is he's testifying to the fact that, that God's voice is very real and that God will lead you, okay? Um, so you can think about that. God is a leader. He's not just some distant God. No, no, no. He's willing to guide you through life. Uh, next one, first... Uh, 1 Samuel. This is 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 9 is your reference on this one. It says this. And again, this is a story you could do easily with your children. Um, so Samuel keeps getting woken up in the night, and so he keeps going to Eli. He's kind of under, uh, under Eli at this point, and, and um, says, he minist- uh, says that the, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli in those days. And, and so he goes to, to uh, Eli, Samuel does, and he says, uh, Eli, did you, talk- did you say something? Do you want me? And he says, no, no, I didn't say anything. And so they have this back and forth and back and forth, and then finally it says, then uh, Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And so Samuel went, and he lay down in, the, in his place. Um, it says, the Lord came to him there, calling, at, at, uh, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And then the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears this tingle. Um, but here's the, here's the thing I want you to take away. Here, here it is. God is a communicator. Um, I asked Aiden this yesterday. I said, uh, did you talk to God today? And he said, well, I don't know. How do you do that again? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I just said to him, I said, well, it's something I'm trying to work on, you know, because, you, you know, we talk to God at certain times during the day. We, you know, when we pray at this time or that time, um, I said, but I'm trying to work on this whole thing of, like, I'm in this communication with God, like, like as we're talking here, you know, I'm, I'm asking God, God, would you um, continue to, to, to do something here, that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm trying to constantly communicate with him, so I'm, I'm trying to teach him, I'm trying to paint this picture that God wants to talk to you, because um, I'll be honest, if your kid has a, that kind of a picture that God wants to talk to them throughout the day, uh, that's a big thing, so God is a communicator. Okay, jumping now to the... Uh, in the New Testament here, First, uh, First John chapter four. First John chapter four, uh, verse eight. It says this. It says, "Whoever does uh, not love does not know God, because here's your blank. Because God is love. God is love." And then it says this. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. Okay, so, so there's a way you could share the gospel right there. God is love. Um, okay, I'm just going to give you this next one. I won't flip to it. Um, Nehemiah chapter 9, uh, verse 31. 
And here it is. Nehemiah is recounting the history of Israel. And what does he say? In the midst of it all, he says, the Lord is merciful. And then he says, and God, you are gracious. You're gracious. Um, next one, I'll flip to this one. This is Matthew chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 9. We'll do a couple in Matthew here. And you could do this, particularly if you have your children are a little bit older, you could just ask this question. Hey, let's just, let's just spend a few days and let's just figure out, or let's, for the summer, let's try it. By the end of the summer, let's come up with a list of 50 things that just flipping through Scripture, we find out about God. That's what I did here. I mean, I'm just kind of working through things that God brought to my mind in the last seven days. Who is God? What's this brilliant picture that we can have of him? So Matthew chapter 9, uh, verse 11 says this. It says, when the Pharisees saw this, uh, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. He says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but to call sinners. Here it is. God is compassionate. God is compassionate. Um, you could spend a whole evening just saying, you know what, guys, just read that verse and just say, this is why we care for people who are far from God and we just don't shake our fist or our finger at them. Um, this is why we authentically, as a church, you could say, this is why our church wants to help people find Jesus Christ. They want to help people find and follow Jesus Christ, but they don't want to ignore the find part. So we, we look at our lives and we go, oh, we want to be a, a family where we help people who don't know God because we see Jesus, he was compassionate towards people who didn't know him. Okay, flip back just a page probably. Uh, Matthew 8, verses 1 through 3. Here it is. The Lord is a healer. The Lord is, a, God is a healer. It says when the, uh, when he came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt down before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. It says that Jesus reached out his hand. He touched the man. He said, I am willing. Be clean. Immediately he was cured of his leprosy. You know, I, look at, I know some of you in this room, and I know your stories of your kids that have been cured. They've been healed. They were dying. And uh, you saw that. You saw the hand of God at work. Um, don't not paint that for your kids. Um, paint the fact that when you're sick, yeah, call the doctor. That's smart. But pray. Why? Because the brilliant picture of God is he could heal you. He could heal you. Um, he does that kind of thing. That's who he is. He, uh, he's a healer. Um, okay, next one. Uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 45. Mark 10, verse 45. I feel like this is like a Bible. I was never in Awana growing up. I didn't have that whole experience, but I, I think they did like these Bible flipping things and I don't know if I would have been very good at that. Okay. <clears throat> Mark chapter 10, verse 45 says this. For even, the son, uh, yeah, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Tell your kids about this, that Jesus is a servant. Um, your God, he's a servant. And so when you serve, you're acting like God. So, so the men in the home should not like these, act like these entitled beasts that get served, right? Um, God was a, a servant, um, Okay, John chapter 15, verse 5. Oh, man, we're almost out of time. Okay, sorry. Um, I'm geeking out again on that stuff. Okay, I'm just going to give you a bunch of references. Ready? Just get your pens ready. Here we go. John 15, verse 5. He is our only source. He is our only source. That passage basically says that you're going to bear fruit in this life, 
but you won't do it apart from, from God himself. John chapter 10, verse 11, he's the good shepherd. John 10, verse 11, God's the good shepherd. You could say this next to that one. You could tell your kids, there's no one like Jesus. There's nobody out there that will lay down his life for his people. It's not happening. It has never happened. Um, there's no one like Jesus. He's the good shepherd. Okay, I'll keep going. Just rattle these off for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 and 18. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16 and 18. Incredible little passage. He's a renewer. God is a renewer. Next one. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 15 to 17. This is so important. God is eternal. God is eternal. And you can point out with that passage, too, that we're eternal. Um, a lot to go with that. And then let me give you like five of them from the book of Romans. Romans is like you got out like 16 brushes and now you're just going ballistic on the canvas. Here it is. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. He's a justifier. Oh, I wish I could read that. He's a justifier. Um, you stand in his grace. It says, you know that song we sing? And I stand in his grace. I won't sing it. Sorry. Um, but <laughs> it comes right out of that. It's Romans 5.1. Beautiful. We're justified. He's a justifier. Romans, here's the next one. Romans 8, 38 to 39. Oh, God is with us. He's with us. Imagine if your kid always knew that. Well, yeah, but God is with me. Oh, I'm scared. I don't want to do that. I, I shouldn't go there. Uh, um, I don't want to go on that trip. Well, God is with you. You're going to be okay. Um, Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Uh, God is freeing. Uh, that one says there's no condemnation for you. Um, God is freeing. You are free from condemnation. He gives you freedom. Next one, Romans 8, 31. Um, God is, oh, I love this. God is for us. Um, his ways are not to hurt you. You could say that to your kids. God is, here it is, he's for us, Romans 8, 31. Um, last one in Romans, Romans 11, 33 to 34. This is a cool picture we get of God. It's kind of like, uh, who, who could know the mind of the Lord? It's that kind of language, but it's this. God is all-knowing. He's all-knowing. He knows everything. Um, I mean, I can just picture you guys opening up your Bible at the dinner table or before bed, reading a very simple passage and just saying, you know what strikes me about that? God knows everything. This blows my mind, kids. Hey, I'm just going to pray real quick. I mean, just, I mean that, that, that's, how, that's how this can be. It does, I'm not saying you do like these four-hour Bible studies on each one of these, um, but it's just you're, you're creating this picture. Sorry, this is the last one in Romans, and I think this is important. Romans 14.10, 14.10, it's this picture that God is a judge. I think it's okay. I think it's important for our kids to know one day they're going to stand before God. And if they know Christ, they'll be granted eternal life no matter what. Either way, though, they're going to give an account for their life. Um, Romans 14.10, God is a judge. They will stand before God. Um, okay, let me give you the last two. Here they are. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. God is salvation. God is salvation. And you could just do this. You could read this verse and you could just say, hey, kids, how can a person be saved? Just a simple question. You could ask a three-year-old that question, begin to get that in their mind, paint the picture. How can a person be saved? And likely a three- or four-year-old will say, uh, by going to Brookside? And uh, you could say, no, keep going, though. No, that's good. Um, but, uh-uh, what does that verse say? Oh, it's 
by faith, through grace. Okay, great. So again, it's just, you, just te- you can teach them about salvation right there. Last one, Revelation chapter 11, verse 15. God is king. Um, God is king. He is, he is not to be messed with. He is holy. He is, he is our king. We worship him. Um, okay. Um, I hope that's helpful. Again, my hope is that you'll just take this and email me, would you? Like sometime during the break, if you just do one of these and you just have one discussion as a family, just email me and say, hey, here's how it went. We talked about tonight for four minutes on God is boom, okay? Hey, let me pray for us and, and then I'll let you go. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that, um, Lord, we get to um, be the recipients of an incredible, brilliant God. And um, when we think about who you are, Lord, it blows our minds, and uh, we're so grateful for it, Lord. The canvas that you paint of yourself in the scriptures is incredible. And so, God, would you now, as you entrust us with the brush, Lord, would you help each one of us, God? God, help me. Um, Lord, would you help us to paint the most beautiful, brilliant picture we possibly can with your help of who you are? Because uh, we know it would bode so well for, for our kids, God. So. We love you. Um, Thank you for these parents, Lord. Thanks for D6. Thanks for this semester, Lord. You've been good to us. And uh, we pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. Great. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night.